good to be in the house of the Lord. David said, I, I said to those who were with me, it is good to go to the house of the Lord. And we're just so thankful that you guys are here with us. I just believe that God wants to do something uh, awesome in our hearts and bring us into his peace in a new way today uh, for his glory, right? The stuff that he does in our hearts, at the end of the day, it's not selfish because if it results in praise back to him, if, if all the good things we experience from him just result in hearts that are like, oh my gosh, Jesus, you are awesome. You're better than I even understood. You're better than I even thought. I believe that's God's heart for us today, that we walk out those doors going, Jesus, you're, you're better, you're smarter, you're kinder, you're, you're more loving, and, and desire my well-being even more than I understood when I walked in. And I praise you for it, and I worship you for it. May, may, may the result of, of this time together be just more glory uh, to God. But hey, we're glad you're here. If you're uh, joining us online, just glad you're here. You're a part of this family, and we love you. And we just pray that God speaks to you today. Uh, we are in a series called Jesus at the Center. And uh, I'm super excited about it just because... I think it's one of those series that could probably go on until Jesus returns, and we'd never really exhaust um, the importance of it, of, of putting Jesus at the very center of our universe. I don't know about you, but man, I seem to just kind of, I'm like the, the little, well, I'm not an engineer, nuclear scientist, but whichever the, the, the okay, in an atom, you know, there's the, the nucleus, and then there's the electrons? Okay, <laughs> I should have... Note to self, prepare this beforehand. So yeah, I tend to be that, you know, electron that just kind of gets, you know, off there. And I need to be realigned to be brought into where Jesus is at the center. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but that's probably true in your life. And so I'm just thankful for, for this opportunity to refocus on Jesus. And as I mentioned, today our topic is Jesus, our peace. If you want to go back, if you haven't heard the messages prior to this about Jesus, our righteousness, Jesus, our holiness, Jesus, our healer, and some other incredible teachings, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and, and watch those. If you want to follow along with the notes now, you can do so on the YouVersion app and just look for events and shine and you'll find that. If you could start the timer, that'd be great. Um, but today's topic is Jesus, our peace, and I'm thankful for that. I feel like in our world today, we need peace more than ever. There is just unrest, right, in our own hearts, in our minds, in our souls, between people, between different types of people, different groups of people, different political parties. Man, um, storms uh, are all around us. Storms are in our lives. There are health issues that we're dealing with. There are fears and uncertainties. There are financial pressures uh, that we face. There are relational issues. There's brokenness in, in marriages and in just, you know, between parents and kids. I mean, uh, I believe that this word from the Lord speaks to us right where we're at. And I wanted to start with Isaiah 9, chapter, uh, verse 6. It's a little early. It's not quite the Christmas season yet. I know technically, you know, we're not even to the end of, you know, but I'm sure like Hobby Lobby already has Christmas stuff out. So I can use this verse. Okay, uh, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, say this with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love that it's one of the titles that Jesus carries, as that he is the Prince of Peace. He wants to establish peace in our lives and everywhere around us and peace on earth. In fact, at his birth, we know that the angels, when they showed up to the shepherds, they proclaimed this, right? Peace on earth, goodwill towards men or towards people on whom his favor rests. They gave away the father's agenda. I came to bring peace. I came to make true peace, 
right? Not peace through compromise of, of, of his kingship and his lordship, but the peace that only he can bring into our lives. So that's good news. Jesus is our peace. Now, on this, if Pastor Dan could uh, grab a microphone for me. Um, I wanted to, you know, this Shine Church is interactive and we, oh, we lost Pastor Dan. So if uh, someone, <laughs> okay, uh, would someone like to volunteer? Ryan, if you could grab a mic. Ryan is going to uh, carry a microphone. Shine Church, we are interactive. We just really believe that the Holy Spirit is in all of us. If you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior and you can hear from the Holy Spirit, God can drop a nugget into your spirit that actually might seem not that major to you, but it might be something that activates something in someone else that I might not have in my notes. I might not be planning on saying the Lord can speak through each one of us. And so we love just kind of taking these opportunities as family and allowing some interaction. So my question to you today for interaction, just raise your hand if you have something to share, is if Jesus promises us peace, if he's the prince of peace, if he came to establish peace, why do you think we so often don't really walk in the reality of that? in our day-to-day -day life. And you can either share something that you're experiencing or if you wanna just like keep it like, you know, <laughs> not me, but like I know, you know, speaking for a friend, um, I know this is why we won't judge you. But why do you think, what is one reason that you feel we don't truly possess this promise like God wants us to? Yes, Dan, we'll volunteer you if you don't. <laughs> All right. Bo. Um. So I often not walk in peace when I'm lacking in my relationship and intimacy with him. Mm. And then I start believing the lies of the enemy that Ooh. he's speaking over me than, rather than believing what the Lord's speaking over me. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's a whole sermon right there, bro. Yeah. That, right? That, that he's wanting to pour into us. But if we don't keep that pipeline open, then when the storm comes. Yeah. Over there. And then we've got Tom over here on this side. Yep. So I think uh, to have peace in our life, we first have to have surrender. Mm. And that mm. with myself is when I say with my mouth I surrender, but really I kind of am hanging on to different things and peace is not really there. Wow. When we're struggling with the Lord and wrestling, when he's asking for surrender, whoo, glory to Jesus. We're going to talk about that. Somebody else. Yeah, Tom. <clears throat> Grumpiness. <laughs> Grumpiness. Expand. <laughs> good one order. Versus an attitude of gratitude. Woo, glory. Because uh, Thanksgiving leads wow. to a peace that transcends all understanding. And it will guard your, your mind and your hearts in Christ. So it's, it's gratitude wow. to me. I mean, that's the antidote to grumpiness. Man, that's powerful, bro. Did you watch the message last night on YouTube and then come ready to, okay, no, that's, we're going to talk about that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Kyler. I think a lot about, uh, I think something that relates to it a lot is trust too, mm. um, trusting in God. If you don't have your trust in him, then you're not going to feel that peace because you're trusting in yourself, you're trusting in the world, and that always fails. So good, bro. Anybody else, something that can keep us from experiencing truly walking in God's peace? Those are good, guys. Mark? I think because I listen to too many voices, mm. and they're conflicting, and there's tension, and they can spin me out different directions if I'm not careful. Yeah. can bring chaos instead of order or wow. lack of peace. 
Yeah. And meaning like voices of other people and opinions and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there can be wisdom in the multitude of advisors, but, but to Mark's point, if we're able to come back to Jesus, right, and bring that, like, Lord, okay, here's what all these voices are saying, but I want to hear what you're saying. Sorry, somebody else? Or no? Over here? Vulnerability. Hmm. The ability to love God as a child. We've all been hurt and understanding that he's going to love us no matter what. Wow, that's good, man. That ties into trust that Kyler was talking about, right? When we've been wounded by life, uh, wow, you know, those walls just naturally come up, right? We don't even have to try. They just come up. And to let those down and be vulnerable, whoa. Uh, we read this um, this week in uh, Colossians. says, um, Colossians 3, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things. Uh, uh, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So I think it's it's a mindset. It's a renewing of your mind and realizing, you know, what, what are the things that concern you? The things of God or the things yeah. of this world? Yeah. That's good, Keith. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it reminds me of Pastor Rob's message. I think it was last weekend when he talked about the life or the mindset on the spirit is life and peace, right? That's the source of that peace when we set our mind on the things that he desires versus when we're trying to fight that. That's so good, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying, you know, I think when it comes to peace, um, God wants to speak uniquely to each one of us, right? We're, we're all in different situations. Um, we, uh, we might be in a health situation where you know, our little baby has been in the hospital this week. Uh, we might be in a relational situation where there's strife. We might be, um, man, maybe someone we love has, has attempted suicide. Um, these, are, these are things that, that are happening. Um, these are not, I'm not speaking platitudes. These are things that, that we're aware of within our family um, that are happening right now, right? And so God knows those, those deep wounds and those things that keep us from peace. And he wants to uniquely speak to us and give us the, the, the secret, give us the key, give us the path and the on-ramp um, to peace. But I wanted to share with you guys um, just, um, and I think, you know, I made my list yesterday and it, you know, it, it had a number of things. I'm sure they're different than yours, but I wanted just to share with you this truth today. And then we'll have some time to pray together. I believe peace rarely travels alone. Peace rarely travels alone. Peace has some travel companions. And sometimes when I'm searching for peace and I can't seem to find it and I'm frustrated, then maybe I feel condemned because I'm not walking in peace. And so then it just kind of creates this, right, death spiral, uh, downward spiral. I believe this, that, that God uh, sometimes may want to reveal to us one of peace's travel companions, that even if we can't find peace in the fog of war and in the midst of the darkness of, that we're facing, we might be able to see one of these companions that is stretching out its hand to us and saying, come and grab my hand and I will lift you up and you'll be in the company of peace, right? And so I wanted to share with you, and there are maybe many more than these. I just wanted to highlight three of them. Maybe the Holy Spirit will speak a different one to you. But the first one is actually, you ready? Gratitude. I feel like gratitude can be a companion of peace. 
And what happens in my life is, uh, even recently, I found myself just in, in turmoil and in unrest. And when I really thought about it, I realized that um, God wasn't meeting my expectations in, in terms of the circumstances. I didn't like the way my life was going in that moment. And um, gratitude was the last thing I was thinking about. I was more like, God, hmm, you know, here's my clipboard. And if I had to grade you right now, I'm being, I mean, here's Santa Claus. Here's the Easter bunny, you know, and I'm trying to, you know, how happy you make me. But how easy is it to slide into that, right? Into that idea of I'm judging God's ability to make me happy and to line up circumstances the way I think they should go. And I think sometimes God wants to turn that around and realign us to, oh, that's not the main point here. You're at the center. Jesus at the center. You want to be the center of my universe. You want to be the center of my world. Gratitude is one of the great ways we can do that. Uh, Romans 5 verses 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. I'm telling you what, even if everything in my life feels like it's in the gutter, I think you would agree with me. There's one thing that we can begin in terms of being grateful and being thankful for. And that is the fact that he's done the heavy lifting when it comes to he's given us peace with God. That's one that I could have never done for myself. That's one that was completely hopeless. And he stepped into my place and said, let me, let me lift that for you. And let me put that sin on my shoulders. And let me be nailed to a cross so that you have access. Man, you know what? I'm reading through Leviticus right now in my daily, well, not quite daily, as Dan so eloquently pointed out a couple weeks ago by sharing with you that I was behind on my, I, I in trust confided in him, like share with him a devotional. And he happened to notice and highlight that it was day like 51. <laughs> you know, yes he, yes, he noticed the benefit of, of what it said, but he also like, hey, wait a second, day 51. You know, he did the math. Like, we're like 300 days into <laughs> I tried to combat it with, I started in the Hebrew New Year, you know, September, you know, Yom Kippur, the Rosh Hashanah, but I'm not sure how that flew. No, I'm just messing. But the idea is I'm reading through Leviticus, and even in Leviticus, right, you think like, Oh, and some of it, not going to lie to you, you know, it's kind of like, ding, 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 red, red, red. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> you know, in my heart I read it, even if I didn't physically read it. But, um, but, but this morning it talked about the blood of the sacrifice and going into the holy place and how that just brought redemption. And man, I'm telling you what, guys, there's nothing like the power of the blood of Jesus. If you're feeling condemned, if the enemy's beating you up, be grateful for the blood of the lamb. That was, there's nothing like it. It, we can go through the veil through a new and living way. And I hope that that elicits, man, may the Lord reveal to you by the Holy Spirit, if the enemy's been lying to you, if the enemy's been telling you you're not worthy or look at your sin or who do you think you are, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you have, that that breaks off of you. And you see that because of the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, who is perfect, you have a new and living way to go into the presence of the Father. You are washed white as snow. And I'm telling you what, I hope that, that elicits in us a, a freedom to be grateful. And to go, God, even if you're not aligning all these other circumstances in my life, but man, you've made peace with God through you. And I believe that when we grab the hand of gratitude, all of a sudden, that can be something. It's one of the travel companions that can usher us into a peace that we didn't know was there. And I pray that we step into that. What about this? 
A second companion of, uh, of peace, I believe, can be humility. Humility. Making room for a bigger picture that we didn't see before. Ephesians 2, verses uh, 14 and 15 say this. For he himself, speaking of Jesus, for he himself is our peace. Not just brings us peace. He himself is our peace. Who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law and its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. What are we talking about here? What people? Well, in the early church, in the first century, there were some pretty serious divisions, right? So you had all these Israelites, these Jewish people, that for thousands of years kind of like knew, and rightly so, they were God's chosen. They were God's favored. And they were like, and here's how we kind of celebrate that and how we really choose to, to walk in that. It's by being circumcised on the eighth day. It's by resting and not doing any work on the Sabbath. And it's by not eating bacon, right? So these are the things that set us apart. And so they were pretty, you know, rightly so. They were proud of those things. They, they walked, they were faithful in those things. And they, you know, you can't touch a dead animal and, you know, blah, 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 and go into the, t you know, all these regulations and all that. All of a sudden, Jesus comes, dies for our sin, rises again, and boom, blows the doors of the kingdom of God open. Now there's all these people from all over the world. They're like, ooh, Jesus, yeah, we want to be saved. Yes, we don't want to burn in hell forever. We want to go to heaven. <laughs> we want to have eternal life. We want to be forgiven. We want to have religion. All of a sudden, now they don't have to go through the Jewish faith, but they can just come straight to the cross, straight to Jesus. But they're sitting there having their pork sausage McMuffin <laughs> while they're waiting for the pastor to start preaching. It's like, you want some? And the Jewish person sitting next to them says, I rebuke you. In Jesus' name, you know, get thee behind me, you know, get that pork sausage behind me. And so there was this tension that took place, right? And there was, there was anger and there was frustration, no doubt. And so these were things, right? We sometimes think that the early church had no problems and they were all these perfectly, they kind of glided. Oh, they didn't even really walk on the ground. They just sort of glided back and forth as believers. They had no problems. They had no issues. They had no jealousies. They had no suspicions of each other. They had no conflict, no strife. No, they dealt with stuff like that. Between male and female, there was issues. Between slave and free, there were issues. There was all these kinds of divisions. And what it's telling us here is, you know what? Jesus came to be our peace, to bring the things that seem irrec irreconcilable, the things that seem to divide us so poignantly. He came to bring those things together and to do what no one else could do, to make one new humanity. And if he came to do that, and, and he was able to do that in the early church where you had Roman soldiers who had abused people coming to Christ and all of a sudden wanting to be fellowship in fellowship, brothers and sisters, with a victim that they had whipped. And Jesus is able to say, I'm able to bring peace even in that situation. Is it possible that we can have confidence that Jesus can bring peace in our lives with people that we don't get along with or suspect or just don't like? They're, maybe they're a different Enneagram than we are. You know what I'm saying? Ugh. The sevens, will they just shut up and be serious for a second? The eights, stop trying to take control. You know, whatever, right? The uh, fours, man, dude, get out of your own head. Stop creating something and start relating to those around you. Quit being on YouTube for like eight hours at a time, locked in your room, you know? Whatever, right? We, we just don't always get along. We don't always appreciate each other. But I believe that God is calling us to humility. And you've heard, Pastor Dan has thought about this, others have thought of the idea of when we come and, and consider others more important than ourselves, 
When we're willing to say, okay, Lord, I don't naturally like that person or that way of thinking or that personality or that doctrine or that interpretation of scripture, but God, I want to recognize I'm only a, a small part. Your, your kingdom is bigger than my box. You're bigger. You, have, you, have you known Jesus long enough to kind of have your mind blown a little bit by something that's like, oh, okay, no, you know, I didn't even think that that could be part of God's kingdom, but it's bigger than we even think, right? I mean, wow, using tattoo art as a way to minister to someone and share the gospel. How powerful is that, right? Now, my dad, he's probably in heaven going, wow, didn't get that one right, you know? <laughs> I missed that one. I just didn't quite see that one in my time on earth, right? Sorry, dad. But I'm sure, you know, it's like, you know, the things that we just think, oh, I don't know, you know, playing with cards, you know, chewing, small, going with girls who do, you know, things like that, you know. There are things that Jesus begins to expand, expand our understanding. Hey, my kingdom's bigger. All that thing that you thought, no, there's no way God could ever, you know, it's like, no, let me, let me be bigger than your box. I believe that takes humility. I believe God's inviting us to say, would you let me bring you up and, and take you out of that place of st strife, suspicion, anger, resentment, and just through considering others more important than yourself, like he was calling this church to do. In Jesus, he's making all things one. If we'll take the hand of humility, maybe we're gonna find a peace in a relationship that's been broken, in an offense that we've carried, in unforgiveness that we haven't been able to lay down. And all of a sudden, his peace can wash over us in a new way. Man, if that's for you, I, I hope you take a hold of that. But the last one I wanted to talk about, and again, maybe there's many more of these. God can speak to you even right now. If God's speaking to you, feel free to stop listening to me and you know, make notes of what he's speaking to your heart. But the last companion I wanted to talk about today is grace. Grace. And I think sometimes we uh, misunderstand grace a little bit, or we only understand part of grace. And sometimes in grace, we think, oh, God's just grace, so you know, he's not sending me straight to hell. Okay, yes, that's part of grace. That's part of mercy and, and part of grace. But grace in the Bible is also God's supernatural strengthening ability in us by the Holy Spirit, right? Now, uh, in, in high school, we went to, uh, in ninth grade, I was at a boarding school in Germany, and we went, uh, they had a retreat in the Swiss Alps for a weekend. It was called, a little town called Adelboden. And we went there, and I didn't own a pair of skis. It was a ski retreat in the winter. And so I asked this guy, big mistake, uh, if I could borrow skis. He happened to like the same girl that I liked. I'm not saying he did this purposely so that, you know, I would potentially die, but it's possible. He said, well, I have a pair of two-meter three skis. Now, I'd never been on skis before. And two-meter three skis are like racing skis. So skis, how it works is the longer they are, the faster they go. Okay, so I needed to be on like meter 70 skis. And here I was, first time on skis in two meters. <laughs> two meter skis at the top of a hill. And I was like, okay, point me in the right direction. What do I do? Okay, tuck like this. And so I didn't know how to break. I didn't know how to, you know, you know how you're like, you know, that thing. I didn't know how to do that. But I knew I could harness the power of gravity in my favor. So what would happen is I got going and at first it was kind of like the little you know, bunny slopes. I was like, okay, I can kind of just you know, kind of get to the bottom. And when I would get to the lift, I would just fall on my side. <laughs> I just kind of like, you know, and then somebody would be there like, what are you doing? 
But eventually I got gutsier and gutsier, and I really could have really badly injured myself. It's only the grace of God that I didn't. And sorry, Michael Buznitz, if you're watching, I forgive you for trying to kill me by loaning me your two-meter three skis. But the point is, I could have said, you know what? This is terrible. This hill is terrible. The snow is terrible. All of this is hurting me. I want God to take all this away. I want God to change this and make it level and maybe a sandy beach scene. But that's not what God wanted to do because now years later, now I'm still not a great skier, but now I've actually learned to do the thing, right? Whatever that's called. But it comes in handy on the slope. And what happens is God didn't want to change the situation around me and change the mountain and level it. God wanted what was in me to increase so that I was able to successfully and even joyfully navigate going down a ski slope. Sometimes I'm asking God to change the situation and the circumstance when God is saying, I want my grace in you to rise and be revealed and my strength in you to be made known so that you can walk victoriously over this. What does Philippians 4 verses 6 through 9 tell us? A familiar passage, but he says this, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, there's that gratitude again, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, there it is, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say, finally, brethren, I just wanted to include a version that had brethren, because I think that's a spiritual sounding word. Finally, brethren, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on, think about these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Paul is speaking, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Here's what's cool. He tells us first that if we bring our request to God and, and, and kind of get on board with his plan of the grace, not always changing everything around me, but his grace and strength being revealed in me, then he will set the peace of God as a guard in my mind. Man, maybe you need that guard. Maybe that's good news for you today. I don't know about you, but the enemy can sometimes come in and whoo, swoop through my mind and just cause all kinds of havoc, right? Fear, condemnation, shame, accusation, confusion, frustration. And he loves to get into our mind, even if he knows that he's defeated and in Christ we are ultimately overcomers. But he can sure do a little bit of damage down here in this life, in our mind. And he can rob us of peace. And I believe that God is saying, man, I wanna set my peace, the peace of God as a guard. And literally that word is a, is a military word of a guard that is standing at the entrance, not letting anything in, but what God wants to be in your mind, peace the peace of God. And then he says at the end, and the God of peace will be with you. So he's saying, I don't just want you to have the peace of God. I'm actually offering to say, you know what? I want to be with you, the God of peace. I want to be right there in that place where the enemy was wreaking havoc. I want to come in. I want to guard your thoughts and your heart, the vulnerable place where the enemy wounds us and it's hard to be vulnerable. I want to come in and heal that. I want to come in and bring my peace. Will you let me do it? My grace. Here's an interesting thing. That word anxious, do not be anxious about anything, it actually means this. Properly drawn in opposite directions 
or a part as opposed to the whole. Figuratively, to go to pieces. Have you ever felt like, man, I'm falling to pieces, right? That's anxious in that Greek word. It means we're only looking at one part and we're being afraid. I think, you know, poverty is defined as the lack of resources that we need to thrive. The lack of resources. And I think anxiety, in part, is soul poverty. Because what is happening is the enemy is getting me to focus on just one part, and I'm not seeing God's provision in a bigger picture. And I'm saying, based on what I'm seeing, I don't have enough to thrive. I'm not going to make it through this trial. I'm not going to make it through the next mortgage payment. I'm not going to make it through my next doctor visit and diagnosis. I'm not going to make it through this tough season in my marriage. I'm not going to make it having grace for my kids that are driving me nuts at home, right? And we only see the part, and that's what anxiety is, only seeing a part, not the whole. But listen to what the word peace means. The same word that we're studying here, let the peace of Christ, here's what it means. It means this, properly wholeness when all essential parts are joined together. God's gift of wholeness. Do you see, isn't it interesting that those are exactly, do you see that there's kind of opposite, exactly the opposite? One is saying seeing a part, not the whole. The other is saying that's anxiety. The other is saying God's peace is opening our eyes to see all the parts being tied together as one. And what's the biggest part? What's the biggest part in any challenge that I'm facing? What's the biggest part that God wants me to see? What's the biggest puzzle piece that's going to make it all come together? It's him. It's Jesus. I know you're kind of nervous. You're like the little kid in Sunday school that when the teacher asked, like, what's a little thing that has a bushy tail and jumps from tree to tree and stores up nuts? And the kid was like, I know the answer should be Jesus or God, but it sure sounds like a squirrel to me, you know. I know when I ask, like, what's the biggest piece? Like, don't say Jesus. It's probably something different. It's a trick question. Hold your hand down, honey. No, in this case, it really was Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the biggest piece, right? When I don't see how I'm going to get through it, when I don't see, and listen, I'm not minimizing, guys, I know there's terrible stuff that happens in our lives. We heard a story recently of just, oh my gosh, heartache in a family involving kids and horrible just ugh, heartbreaking stuff that you're like i'm not i don't mean to make light of the pain and the hurt that that life can bring that's not what what jesus is doing here but he's saying even even if you've been wounded at a level that you feel you can't recover from even if the enemy has done a, a real number and something has happened that you're like, I don't even understand how God could allow that. What, what, I, I'm just, I'm reeling. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to keep my faith. I'm struggling to understand how God could even possibly be good. Even in that situation, I believe God is saying, you know what? If you'll let me come alongside you, I love you. I feel you. I know your pain. I'm not in a hurry. I'm gonna wait here as long as it takes. I'm with you. I'm the God of peace, but as you allow me, I want to open your eyes to see that even through this, I want to be what you need. I want to be a bigger part that you weren't seeing in how that grace can rise up in you and you can walk on top. You can ski down even this mountain with my power at work in you. 
And it's a powerful thing when we see that happen, God's wholeness. And so see how that changes, right? Understanding, so if I'm looking for tranquility, if I'm looking just for God to just make everything a nice little, you know, I love the psalm, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. That's, man, we need that, don't we? And I, and I pray that for you, and I pray that for me. It's not wrong to say, Lord, calm the storm. It's not wrong to, to ask God to change our situation. I hope you're not hearing that. It's okay to say, Lord, heal me. Lord, heal my loved one. Lord, change the situation. God, bring your provision. God, help me overcome this addiction or this habitual sin. It's, it's okay to ask God for things. He wants us to pour out our hearts to him. He wants us to ask as trusting children to a good father. But while we're waiting, while we're waiting for that thing to happen, sometimes he's saying, you know what, I want to open your eyes to the grace that's being, the strength that's being built in you that will make you an overcomer and able to stomp on the scorpions and on the serpents and none of it shall harm you. Colossians 2 verse 10 says, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. I believe that completeness is speaking of, you know what? God is wanting to reveal to us that with Jesus, we have everything we need. With him, we have everything we need. Even if without him, we would be dreadfully, dreadfully lost. I believe it's what Paul was speaking of in 2 Corinthians, right? Where he asked God, God, take this situation away. God, remove this thorn in my flesh. We don't know what it was. Could have been physical blindness. It could have been a different affliction. We don't know what, but there was a, a thorn given him to keep him humble. And he asked God, right? God, please take this away. And multiple times he asked. And finally God said, hey, let my grace be enough for you. Let my empowering presence in you, before I take away the situation, let me show you that you can be victorious in the situation. That you can walk on top of the water like Peter did. Maybe you're facing a situation and, and God's saying, hey, before I change it, doesn't mean I'll never change it, but before I do, I want to show you my grace and my strength in Jesus in you. You can walk in victory over that. In this series, we've felt like the Lord wanted us to, to really experience together what it looks like to be a house of prayer. As a, as a family of God. And we want to do that today as we hear God's word with us in response. To that, how do we respond to that? Well, why don't we take a few minutes to pray together, to pray into this. I believe that the Holy Spirit has been speaking um, as I've been talking uh, to you. And some of you are feeling maybe stirred by the idea of, of gratitude and, and, and are saying, God, give me the ability to be grateful not necessarily for every situation, but in everything. Give thanks. And God wants that to be a door of freedom for you and a door to peace, right? And maybe you want to pray into that. Or maybe some of you want to pray into, yeah, you can go ahead and play that, thank you. Uh, some of you want to pray into the idea of humility and God saying, you know what? I want to show you how if you humble yourself and open the door to others or to situations that have been in conflict, my peace will flood your spirit. And you want to pray that not just for yourself, but maybe, maybe God's putting your heart to pray that for, for the rest of us. Maybe God's stirring you with the idea of his grace to make you victorious and walk on top of the situation even before he changes it. 
I just think it'd be cool if we just took a few minutes and, and prayed into those things. So we've got uh, someone with a microphone. Pastor Kim has the microphone. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to take a couple minutes um, to pray into that. So um, I'm not even going to take it piece by piece. Whichever of those you want to pray into, um, feel free to just raise your hand. We'll bring you the microphone, and you can just pray into this. I just believe that God wants us as a family, as his body, as his representatives in our community to step into a new level of peace that's going to change things around us. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Who would like to be the first? I know the first is the toughest, but who would like? Oh, Crystal right there. Thank you so much, Crystal. Lord, I just thank you for today's message. I thank you that though we go through trials and tribulations, Lord, I pray that we would just have your eyes to see what you would have us to see in every situation and ears to hear what you would have us to hear that you are trying to just tell us to love on us, Lord, or to teach us something or for us to hear something that would allow us to grow and be, have strength for the next go around, Lord. And thank you that as we go through those things, you still give us the peace and the strength, even for others, that we could be that for them, that we could pull strength from you, Lord, and we can have that peace and strength for others to come around them and to love them and to be a safe place for them to walk through things, Lord. I thank you that as a, as a body of believers, Lord, that you are our core strength, and that through that together, Lord, that we can stand with one another, we can grow with one another, that we can see what you have for us in Jesus' name. Father God, we just ask, Lord, that you would meet us where we're at, Lord, um, coming before you in vulnerability, coming before you in honesty, God. Lord, we lay our lives before you. We confess our sins to you, God, the hidden things. And Lord, we know that you'll meet us there. And God, we rebuke the enemy's lies that our sin and our weaknesses are who we are, God. We are who you say we are. So, Lord, I just ask you, Jesus, that you would, in our humility, God, that you would fortify us, protect us, hedge us in, in the name of Jesus, God, that you would put your righteousness on us. Lord, we claim that in your name and in your blood. God, forgiven and whole before you, Jesus, and still humble, knowing, God, that you'll use us despite our sin and our weaknesses, God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would come and break so many old patterns of thinking that we have developed over the years through times that have been difficult in our lives. Lord, I know for myself, I call it my Eeyore complex. And even when I 
I'm having a day that, that feels free of stress because I'm, I'm looking down instead of looking at you, Lord. I can't even look forward to the next day because I assume that if I had one good day, surely tomorrow wouldn't be good. Lord, please forgive us when we don't have that faith to recognize how much you love for us, how much you care for us, Lord. Lord, just in the name of Jesus, I break off these old patterns of, of negative thinking, Father God, that uh, we would um, go from here, Lord, keeping our eyes on you for ourselves and for our brothers and sisters in Christ, for all those you've placed into our lives who we care for so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your peace. Jesus, we need your peace. Lord, the world can rock us and shake us in the storm. The world can make us fearful. Situations can be bleak. We are often injured and wounded in life, whether intentionally by others or simply just because of of living in this world. But Lord, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. Jesus, we just ask that right now you minister. Lord, there are those here who don't even want to raise their voice but are saying, yes, God, I desperately need you, Jesus. Do I dare hope that you could speak peace into my situation? Do I dare hope that you're aware of what I'm going through? Do I dare hope that you don't stand and judge me, but that you desire to come in and heal and bring peace from the inside out? Lord, I pray that everyone would hear directly from you <laughs> what you told the leper who came to you and said, if you are willing, Lord, you can make me clean. And you just simply said, I am willing. I am willing. I want you to be whole. I love you. I want you to walk in my peace. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that every heart, that every soul that needs to hear from you, Lord, would hear you right now and that our faith would just attach and cling to your word and we would see this made real in our lives, God. Would we walk in your true peace? Would we walk in humility? Would we walk in gratitude? Would we walk in just an understanding of your grace as you are making us whole one tiny, tiny little piece at a time? Thank you that we have fullness in you, Jesus. We have been made complete, lacking nothing. We worship you and we praise you. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Hey, just a quick little bonus before we dismiss here. The cool thing about being willing to do the work of peace, you know, sometimes it takes a little wrestling, right? Have you noticed that? Sometimes the promises of God aren't just like, oh yeah, it just all happens. Sometimes it's like, okay, we got to contend for him. We got to go up against Jericho and God said, you can have it, but we just need to respond in, in faith and trust. And uh, the cool thing is when we, as we do this work, guys, we're going to be able to be peacemakers. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. I believe that God's calling us is to carry his peace. And his peace is transferable. He gave it to his disciples and he said, hey, wherever you go, whenever you stay at a home, let your peace rest on it. And if it's worthy, it will stay there. And if not, it will come back to you. So evidently, the peace of God as we begin to walk in it is transferable. We can speak peace to one another. And there's power in those words when we say, man, peace be to you, bro. Peace be to you, my sister. Peace be upon you. It's not just empty platitudes. There is an authority of the Spirit of God as we just declare God's peace, God's wholeness, God's completeness upon one another, upon those that don't even know Jesus. We can still speak peace to them. We can be carriers of the peace of God. That could be the first thing that rattles them enough to go, wait, what, what was that? And, and can draw them to find out more about who the giver of peace really is. So I want to encourage you. Let's be faithful to do the work and to walk in peace and to be agents of his peace.